This is a podcast about betting on sports, which is something you can do to try and make money. One important thing to know is that this podcast is not going to be the reason you get rich from sports betting. To repeat, we are not going to get you rich. Their sleazeballs abound all over the internet. We'll be happy to take your money to chase that lie. Here at best, we might make you a little bit less awful of a better if you're lucky. Bet at your own risk. Don't bet more than you can afford to lose. And Godspeed. Welcome again, valued listeners. October 13th, 2021 edition of the Jay and Silent Rob podcast. Jay Swa, what what have we this week? Another week down. We have WNBA finals. We have playoff baseball. We have scandal in the NFL. Life is good, my friend. Life is good. What's new with you? That's all good. I'm, you know, life's good over here in Arizona. This is the time to be an Arizonan, Arizonian, Phoenician, if you will. Life's all good over here. Shout out to new listener, Tony, making great bets this weekend. We'd love to see it. Preseason NBA is not something we're going to be covering, but if you're you know generating consistent edge there, great for you. But yeah, man, things are good. Also, you're welcome for helping you get an NFT. What happened with an NFT in my login? What did we do this weekend? Hypothetically, because it's not necessarily kosher, but yeah, you helped me get a... Oh, I forgot to talk about that. We need to, how we hack Google Voice. I wrote that down. Right. We'll talk about that after air. But yeah, you helped me get a little NBA Top Shot NFT. And tomorrow there's a drop, run it back Mm. from the 2005-2006 NBA season. Dwayne Wade makes his debut on Top Shot. LeBron James has a, uh, it'll be his earliest moment thus far. And uh, yeah, so check that out. This will probably come out maybe a couple hours before that drop. So very unlikely you're going to. Listen to that, but if you do, get on it. If you buy the Run It Back pack, I will give you 200 bucks for it. I think it's 170 bucks, but if yeah, you want to buy it for 170 and then send it to me, I will buy it for me from $200 Monopoly money, of course. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, hit me up. Beautiful. Yeah. Tony, I'm talking to you. But, uh, but yeah, awesome. Survivor, a little recap. We had one guy not win because he didn't submit a pick. My buddy Charlie lived in North Carolina with for a year. Awesome guy. Feel bad. I was really busy on Sunday. I didn't check to see if anyone didn't submit and I, I should have texted him. But we had the London game last week. There's going to be a London game this week. I think this week though, it's pretty straightforward from the survivor aspect. There's two main games. First one being the Indianapolis Colts hosting the Houston Texans. Colts are a 10 point favorite in the spread of 43 points. Pretty large favorite. Colts have to win this game. Lost a heartbreaker on Monday night which kept a few people in our Survivor League alive who picked the Ravens. But the Colts only have one win on the year. If they were to go to one in five, their season is essentially over. So that's definitely a good pick. I'm going to be picking that one. And the other one is the Rams traveling to beautiful New York, or should I say East Rutherford, New Jersey, to play the Giants. Nine and a half point favorites, 47 and a half point spread. A lot of people have already, I shouldn't say a lot of people, but some people have picked the Rams already to in their Survivor, so they can't use them. So a leverage spot, especially if you're in a bigger tournament, you want to think game theory. Probably good to take the Rams here since most people are going to take the Colts. So an easy way to separate yourself from the rest of the field is to take the Rams. A good majority, I would say 30 to 40% of most survivors are going to have the Colts. So if the Colts lose, you just beat you know 40% of the field right away, at least the remaining field. So I would go with the Rams. Our survivors only like 30 to 35 people, so you don't need to to think too much about it. Rams or Colts, both are acceptable. 
Colts are obviously, or excuse me, the Rams are obviously the better team. So that's the one you want to save later. But I would say the Colts have a higher chance of being upset. But either is acceptable, and one of the two will be my selection. As I said, we're getting further in the year, so I'm not going to give away my play. I had the Vikings last week. They looked great through three quarters, and they got ultra-conservative. Trying to run out the clock, they fumbled. Lions came back, golf, air raid, puts them up late, and then the Vikings win on a last-second field goal. I think 54-yard field goal as time expires. Got very lucky. That was a popular pick. Baltimore Ravens were a popular pick who came back from 16 points down to the Colts in the third, late third, early fourth quarter. And the New England Patriots were down over two touchdowns to the Houston Texans and came back to win that. So just shows you how random the National Football League is. Had a lot of feedback from people, though, that they're really enjoying Survivor. It's a different type of sweat. You don't have to do the analysis of fantasy. Who do I pick up? Who do I drop? Blah, blah, blah. It's just I'm picking this team to win. And you just get to enjoy the utter randomness that is the National Football League. Anything before we review last week's bets there, Rob? Let's hit it. So last week I gave out the Thursday night game, the Rams one and a half to two and a half points. They did win. That was kind of skewed by Russell Wilson's injury, but I'm obviously going to just use my confirmation bias and say that was an incredibly smart call by me and not chalk it up to utter randomness, which most of our existence and football betting comes down to. Hopefully Russ gets back in the next month or so. He's good for the league, but yeah, Rams took that one. So I had that bet. I had the Broncos, which was probably my most disappointing bet of the week. The Steelers looked good, at least for them. How I, I view them in 2021, they probably played the higher end of their scale or rating. Big Ben didn't look too bad. I not only had the Broncos outright, I also had them a teaser to seven and a half points. They lost by eight. So both of those bets lost. A little befuddled by that. Teddy Bridgewater didn't have too good of a game. He was coming back from a concussion. But the good news is, is I got this at a plus one, plus one and a half, and the Broncos closed a two-point favorite. So I got three, three and a half points of line value. Now, those aren't the most important points in the world, going from a minus one to – or excuse me, going from a plus one to a plus one and a half point favorite to a minus two favorite. But that's still – that's that's signs you're doing the right thing when you beat the closing line, which is essentially when the market closes to when you got the bet. Are pe- more people – there's more money in people – going with your bet, which mine was, then that's a good sign. In the long term, you're going to win bets on that. But the Steelers just kind of showed out that game and they pretty much won that wire to wire. So we just talked that up. That That's the, the life we live as uh, degenerate gamblers. You can't let that tilt or that emotional loss affect you. That's just uh, the way the cookie crumbles. Another bet I had was the, the Cardinals, or excuse me, I had the Niners plus five and a half against the Cardinals. Cardinals won that game by seven points, but I really like that bet. If you look at the yards, they are pretty much identical. 49ers got stopped on many fourth downs, including Trey Lance getting pushed out at the one-yard line. I really like that bet, and I will be betting against the Cardinals again this week. It's kind of odd. The last three years, or there's only one team that I've lost more money betting against than the Cardinals. So I could be totally wrong here, but I have to trust my process. We'll talk about that with the Browns. Cardinals game in a little bit later, but I really like that bet. It was just kind of randomness. Whereas I kind of look at the Steelers Broncos game and I have more pause of maybe there was something wrong with my process there. I had two live bets, which no one knows about. So I could easily be making them up. But if you want to bet me to show the receipts, just let me know. I live bet the Cowboys, the Giants tied the game up with about two minutes left in the second quarter. Daniel Jones got knocked out with a concussion. 
I took the Cowboys minus seven and a half and they ended up winning by two, maybe even three touchdowns. Cowboys had two minutes left in the first half. I, th- I thought they would at least get a field goal. They actually got a touchdown. And then in the second half, I knew Daniel Jones was going to be out based on just watching him suffer that concussion. So they had Mike Glennon in who actually performed well on one drive, but after that did not perform very well. Hate to say this, but the Cowboys look really good both on offense and defense. Another live bet I have was the Bills. We talked about the Chiefs-Bills game. It was supposed to kind of be the game of the year so far. Very much underwhelmed. We talked about how we wanted to bet the Chiefs live. But as watching the game, it was pretty evident that the Bills were the better side. I took the, the Bills at minus three. They ended up winning by, I believe, 15, maybe 16 or 17 points. Anything you want to review there before we move to the games of this week, Rob? Maybe a little additional disclosure for all listeners that Jay live bets and changes his mind when the evidence changes. So don't take anything here or from anyone else as gospel because people can hedge, change their minds all the time. Absolutely. I actually saw a a really good tweet today on twitter.com about strong opinions, but quick to change. And that's kind of sounds like an oxymoron in a lot of ways it is. But if you're putting the type of money, you know, it doesn't matter if you're betting $100, but that $100 means a lot to you and whatever I'm betting for, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a good chunk of change. You have to have conviction. You have to have confidence, but you also have to build in error, right? There's going to be error in your judgment. There's going to be new information that comes along. As such, for an example, week two, there might be a really good football team, but three, four weeks later, that same football team might be very bad given context. So you really have to, it's a very odd thing that it's one of the reasons why sports betting is so difficult that you have to have these strong convictions, but also not be married to them. And I don't know if that is why I am good at sports betting or why I'm terrible at relationships, but you have to, you know, be very strong, feel very strongly about something, but also be ready to, to hop off of it and get off it at kind of a moment's notice. Rob, as, as my co-host slash therapist, any thoughts about that? No, it, it makes sense to me because I like this type of nerd out stuff, strong opinions, quick to change, especially with this, like there's a quick feedback loop in what we're talking about in betting. And, but I think the framing of how we've talked about it has mostly been solid and honest because for instance, you'll hear a lot, I'll be looking to take XYZ line, but I'm going to watch for how the quarterback's playing, right? So not only should you have a view, but you should also have a view on which data points are going to change your mind, if any. Absolutely. And, you know, there's so much noise out there. And as much as you think you're looking at signal, there's going to be just trial and error. And there's going to be that margin of error where there's going to be some noise creeping in, but making sure you're actively looking for something, right? So I was looking for the Chiefs offensive line to really carry them. I didn't see that. The Buffalo pass rush was getting there. I wasn't seeing Patrick Mahomes look confident in the pocket. So I immediately went from like, oh, I was looking to bet the Chiefs to then, oh, I have no bet. And then I saw the game scenario. I was like, man, I actually kind of like the Bills here. I bet it before a high leverage fourth down play that results oriented. It went my way, but I still like the bet. And pretty much ever since there, there was no better odds than the one I got once the fourth down wasn't converted. So yeah, I mean, the thing about football is it's extremely small sample. It's also different than any other sport because team X plays different against team Y in football more than any other sport, right? Think of baseball. 
you know, fucking Mike Trout is coming up to the plate to do the same goddamn thing against the Orioles as he's doing against the Yankees, the Phillies, you know, whomever. But the strategy that goes behind a Bill Belichick defense against quarterback X or quarterback Y completely changes. Maybe we want to shut down this receiver or, you know, apply pressure from this side. So it's completely contextual. And, you know, it's a common point we talk about on the podcast a lot, but there's no one, one size fits all. And I've developed a skill set that I cannot necessarily articulate or quantify just by watching thousands of hours of games throughout my entire life. So sucks for you guys. You just think, Oh, tell me who I want and all that because a lot of it's contextual and I have to watch the game and I have to have that strong feeling. And I can't just watch game and like, okay, make a strong feeling come out. I have to watch something and say, Oh, I want to bet this or I don't because we talked about last podcast and we've talked about pretty uh, plenty of podcasts. Your best resource as a better is you can always say pass to a game. Oh, I'm looking at this game. I'm just going to watch it. I'm going to watch it objectively or mm, nothing stands out. So, you know, and I know that's not what people want to hear, but that's what people need to hear is, you know, if you want to do this for entertainment, oh, of course, that's different. But if you really want to bet with an edge, you can't force an edge. You have to wait. And like we said with that circle of confidence, keep waiting for those pitches to come, wait for those pitches to come, and then one hit comes in your sweet spot and you connect and drive. Anything before we move to the games of the week, I, I appreciate you bringing up those points there, Rob. So the games of the week, baby. All right. So Thursday night, I know Rob will be doing. I'll be watching Tampa Bay visit gorgeous Philadelphia. Tampa Bay will be a six and a half point favorite in Philadelphia. My first reaction is that feels a little low. That being said, Tom Brady is dealing with a nagging thumb injury. Total is 52 and a half points. One of the higher totals of the week. Tampa Bay's offense just absolutely destroyed the Miami Dolphins last week. What Tampa Bay is doing is... They were in a high octane offense and they are throwing the ball. They're playing nerd football and they have a pretty decent quarterback in Tom Brady behind him. It's really remarkable what he's able to do at his age. On the other side of the coin, Philadelphia is throwing the ball a good deal as well, which the nerds are, are fans of. So first reaction to me is this total seems a little low at 52 and a half, given how many passes are going to be thrown. Not only is that the more efficient way of playing offense, it also stops the clock, obviously, on incompletions where he's running the ball will, unless you go out of bounds, continually milk the clock. The only problem is, is Tom Brady is dealing with a thumb injury. I also feel like the short week, things of that nature, is going to keep me off this game. But if I watch this game and I see Tom looking good, anything under a touchdown would pique my interest. But the, the most likely scenario is I will not be betting this game. I'll be watching it. But as all good patrons of the National Football League, I will be watching intently. We also do have another London game. We have Miami playing the Jacksonville Jaguars. Miami is a three-point favorite with a total of 47 points. Rob, I'm sure you'll be waking up at 6.30 to check this game out between two titans of Philadelphia, or me, of Florida. Uh, this, is a, this is a pretty bad game, similar to last week. If I didn't have a rooting interest, I probably been, wouldn't be watching. But I will be playing a showdown lineup. A couple of people texted me about showdown. I actually had a really good showdown lineup for Monday night football Finished 10 points behind the guy who had the million-dollar winning entry. Just to show you how top-heavy that was, I was 10 points away, and I only won $40. The guy in first place won a million dollars. He had Marquise Brown, who the final touchdown went to. I had Devontae Freeman. If Devontae Freeman catches that ball instead of Marquise Brown, I'm probably looking at a high four-figure, low five-figure payout. But that's the way the cookie crumbles uh, in the showdown streets. If you have any interest on that, I highly recommend DraftKings. 
please reach out to me if you want any help creating those lineups. That's the only way I'll be betting this three-point favorite. You know I love my Jags. Miami's looked really bad. I believe they only have one win on the season, a total of 47, just a, just a game I really want to stay away from. That's the only way I'll be attacking that is via the showdown. Sunday, later in the day, we have two really awesome games. We have the Los Angeles Chargers coming to beautiful Baltimore. Baltimore is a three-point favorite, a total of 52 points. The first thing to me that jumps out is this total seems kind of low. Both offenses have been humming, and both defenses have been lacking. The Browns and Chargers were a game I was looking to last week, not to bet, but I, I talked about how I liked both those teams, the Browns and the Chargers. Chargers won that shootout, I believe, by two points. It was close to 50 to 50 points-wise, a really electric game. Baltimore, on the other hand, played pretty bad for three quarters, then had a great comeback. Lamar Jackson, first quarter MVP of the National Football League. The thing about the Chargers is they, they kind of invite the run, and Baltimore of old, used, they used to run the ball, but now Lamar is, is dropping back as a passer, and he's looking really good. So the way I want to attack this game is I want to take the Chargers teased up to, to nine points here. I like both these teams, but Baltimore's defense is not the Baltimore defense that we're accustomed to seeing. I don't want to just take the Chargers at plus three, as I do think Baltimore wins this game, but I think the Chargers offense, the way they're clicking, Justin Herbert looks excellent. I think they do keep it close. Reason I don't want to take the Chargers at plus three is the kind of the Chargers are, are had some positive variance both in their fourth down conversion and some things of that nature. They're kind of everything is going right for the Chargers right now, and the last thing you want to do is buy high on the team. But Baltimore is dealing with their own issues. Uh, a good team, both teams. I think only have one loss in the season, but I do think this line is about right. I have the Chargers should be only about two or one and a half point underdogs. Uh, so I'll take that value tease up to the nine. I think that'll be a great game. My favorite game of the week, though, will be the Arizona Cardinals, the, your undefeated Arizona Cardinals, Rob, traveling to the Cleveland Browns, who have, I believe, two losses on the year. Undefeated Arizona traveling to Cleveland. Who do you think is the favorite in this game, Rob? I know you, you, you can see it, but just telling you what I've been telling you, what do you, who do you think the favorite is? I think the favorite is the undefeated Arizona Cardinals. Yes, logic would, would lead you to believe that. But the Cleveland Browns, with two losses, are a three-point favorite. And I think they're going to close a three-and-a-half-point favorite against the Arizona Cardinals. Mm-hmm. So that tells you a lot about both teams here. The Browns, three-point favorite. Like I said, they're probably close three-and-a-half-point favorite. Total 49-and-a-half. There are early reports, weather reports, that this is going to be a really windy game. And the Cleveland Browns stadium is notoriously susceptible to wind gusts. So that kind of adds to Cleveland Browns, their advantage in this game is they're a more run-oriented team, whereas the Arizona Cardinals are more geared towards passing the ball. Kyler Murray is also dealing with an arm injury. I've lost a decent amount of money betting against the Cardinals this year, so let that be known, but I'm not going to learn from my lesson. I'm going to not only take the Browns at minus three, I'm also going to take the Browns to win their division at plus 180. I think there's a decent chance the Chargers beat the, the Ravens. And also, I think the Steelers may lose. There's probably a 40% chance the Steelers lose in the game we talk about next. So I'm taking half of what I want to put on the Browns to win the division now. There's a chance that obviously the Browns lose or the Ravens win, Steelers win, some concoction of those three, and we get better odds next week or the week after. But I want to take half of what I want to put on that Browns bet right now. Potentially next week or the following week, put the remainder in half. Or if I get more information, I don't want to do it. I'll step off and just keep my half unit bet on there. 
but I'm all about the Browns right now. Really impressive. And even their two losses against the Chiefs and the Chargers, I believe they scored 40 or almost 40 points in both games. Sunday night, we have the Seattle Seahawks without Russell Wilson visiting the Pittsburgh Steelers, a team that cost me money last week with the Steelers. I bet against both these teams last week. Steelers played well. Ben Wallisberger played well, especially for his 38 or 37-year-old corpse ass. I won't be necessarily touching this game. Gun in my head, if I had to, I would tease up the Seahawks to plus 10.5 as the total is only 42.5 in this game. But I am bearish on both of these teams, so I don't want any part of that. The only thing I would kind of like is if the Steelers win this game, they're on a bye next week, and then maybe take their win total at 8.5 potentially next week. I already have two positions on that with the under, but I am not afraid to take more if they were to win this game. Then finally, we have the Buffalo Bills traveling to beautiful Nashville. Bills, pretty much a sky-high price right now after being the Chiefs in Kansas City. They played Sunday Night Football last week, high emotion, now traveling to Tennessee. I would love any reason to back the Titans right now, but I am not a believer in this team at all, so I'll be staying away from this game. Bills are a six-point favorite, total at 53.5 points. Got into my head, I think the Titans probably are leading at some point in this game. I would look to bet the Bills at minus three or less, but most likely will not be betting anything in this game. Thoughts, feelings, anything else there, Rob? Nope, all beautiful. Everyone do your own homework and due diligence. Oh, do you want to talk Bitcoin ETF? A little curveball. Yes, yes. So you tweeted something out. You were you were really pissed about something. I laughed, of course, because what else would I do? You want to explain what occurred and why you're mad? Yes. A, let's see, there are now eight, eight or nine like close to approval Bitcoin ETFs. If you've been following Bitcoin at all, you'll know that the ETF making Bitcoin tradable in everyone's brokerage accounts is a big deal, potentially. There's a bunch, there's kind of an arms race of firms working to get their filings in, get their ducks in a row, follow every weird move that the SEC has said, oh, we like this, we don't like that. Bloomberg just reported today that a new kind of consortium, a partnership that I didn't know existed, is on that list of Bitcoin ETF issuers. According to their tweet from today, the potential approval date is December 27th. But the the first in line, the earliest, could still come out next week. It's just like, it's, it's hard to tell, to contextualize this and be like, is this actually meaningful? Does this matter? I'm definitely not trading around this news or trying to, you know, read any SEC filings and get any any data from that, but I think it's it could be right around the corner. Of note, the first ETFs are going to be what's called futures-based, which means that they're basically using like a derivative financial contract that's meant to converge on the price of Bitcoin, but it's not actually holding any Bitcoin inside of it. Uh, that matters for cost and accuracy of exposure. So it's suboptimal in a lot of ways, but that's what the SEC said they wanted. Again, I'm not trading it. I'm not doing anything with it. I was mad because one of the new issuers... I actually know them and they didn't give me any notice that this was happening, which is definitely what they were supposed to do professionally and legally. I just uh, wish that I was cool enough to know before Twitter knew. You know what I mean? Right. So I'm going to break this down for people who are on my wavelength. Rob's not cool is what I got from that. Correct. Rob's not cool or knowledgeable (laughs) or in the cool kids club of dorks who care about the Bitcoin ETF. Even that club, as lame as that is, 
I'm out. I'm on the outside. I'm eating lunch by myself. So fuck me. Good night. Right. It's it's interesting how everything is relative, right? It's like you watch a sports game, you feel old as fuck. You're in the financial industry, you feel young as shit. Yes. But yeah, that, that's that's all exciting news. I'll sum this up for our listeners. Just buy Bitcoin, buy Ethereum, and yeah, thank us later. And we just also, before this, made a bet that I think matures in when you're 80, Jay, that's denominated in Bitcoin. So we'll see how that goes relative to the dollar, maybe. Yeah. You want to share with listeners what that bet was? No, I don't think so. I think we can leave that one offline. No, no, no. Come on. <laughs> oh, you, won't, you want to share it, bro. You you brought it up. You brought it up. I mean, I did you, bring it up. I was, so I was trying to protect your, but you're good. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm betting. Actually, it's not when you're 80, dude. We, we didn't we didn't come up with sure. the exact time frame. I bet. Yes, we did. It, it comes to fruition at 80. It gets paid out at 80. Okay, paid out at 80. But I'm betting that Jay will have an offspring, will have a child. And by the way, I want to add the stipulation, adopted or natural, one of the two. Sir, fine. By Don't 2032, care. by his birth. Don't care. 2032, I have That's a calendar fine. reminder. We're going to check on it. It's a tenth of a Bitcoin, which currently is about $5,500. So that's not a small bet. That's some units, bro. Dude, if you know, you just threw your little adoption shit out there. If I'm going to adopt a kid, you know I'm going to do it the day after that bet. <laughs> 2033. So, can't wait. And I got the perfect excuse. It's on recorded. Thank you, Rob. You're the man. You're so welcome, dude. And I'm going to put it toward that dumbass's kid's college fund. <laughs> Dude, I'm glad to contribute. (laughs) On that note, we'll see you guys next week. Peace.